This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to Tribe of Two, the officially unofficial podcast for all of Star Wars. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking Season 1, Episode 8. It's the season finale, Part 8, The Jedi, The Witch, and The Warlord of Ahsoka. Uh, Aaron, how are you feeling? It's the end of the season. Everything that will be said about Ahsoka has been said. She's uh, potentially out of the picture. Who knows? But how are you feeling after the dust has settled? Do you remember how when was episode five when they did uh, Anakin meeting her on the the world between worlds or whatever? And I said this episode made the 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 Star Wars canon better. It made the prequels better uh, by its existing. Mm -hmm. This finale is like the opposite of that for this season of Ahsoka. This finale made the good parts of the season less good in retrospect, and the parts that I that I thought were tedious or non Star Warsy just terrible. And it's really colored my opinion of Dave Filoni going forward. I talked about at the beginning of this the season that like I I have two Dave Filonis beside before me. I have. The man who's going to be the the creative genius, the respecter of the Star Wars lore, the man who's going to save, going to give us a plan going forward, and save the man can the main canon of Star Wars, versus Dave Filoni as a cartoon guy who doesn't know how you know who who just is has been successful by cherry picking the bones of the discarded legends and refashioning them in his position and, and and throwing them up into cartoons and, and he's got an undeserved reputation starting to feel like the latter is is the case and if he is going to be the savior of star wars he needs somebody to rein him in and be like i don't know that you can do all this i don't know that you've because I, I i just this a lot of this shit just didn't feel like star wars to me I'm like, uh-huh. this is some weird fucking shit that's kind of come out of nowhere. It feels derivative. It feels uh, like not only is he cherry picking the best out of the Star Wars expanded universe and legends, but he's just cherry picking out of just everything. Like just just all kinds of mishmash, like the Walking Dead style zombie stormtroopers. Why the fuck not? Uh, spiritual katana blades. Why the fuck not? Um, you have a person that has zero force sensitivity that you called an expert witness that has literally thousands of years of history of Jedi saying this is the worst fucking Jedi candidate I've ever seen. And in like a handful of episodes, she's out doing Luke Skywalker at the beginning of Return of the Jedi, who was the scion mm-hmm. of Skywalker, who's uniquely powerful in the force. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. And like, I haven't even started bitching about this episode. Get the fuck off my lawn. Uh, Jim, what, what do you, what do you have to say? I'm right there with you, man. That addresses some of the bigger problems with this, uh, on, on like a star Wars level. But this episode itself is garbage. I mean, there, there are things in the plot that happen in this that make zero sense at all. And if they want me to believe that Thrawn is this incredible tactical genius, they can't have him do shit like he does in this episode because it's ridiculous. 
People warned us, though, episodes ago about Filoni and turning uh, Admiral Thrawn into a Saturday morning villain. That like that's, that's the what thing. it is, man. This is you, this is cartoon writing from a cartoon writer. That's the what reason it is. at the reason Thrawn was so badass is that he fucking stayed winning until he finally was defeated. And that was it. Right. You know, and it took the combined efforts of a galaxy and the Jedi and all it. You can't just you know have him lose like five or six times in the space of three episodes and have him like oh car all a part of my plan and be like really well Why he technically wins here right he he accomplishes he his goal which his, is to the, the, the goal but like yeah, there's but, so it, but, many but the, the way he does it makes zero sense he could have achieved yeah. his goal much quicker and much more effectively in many different ways and the fact that he doesn't see it is ridiculous and the fact that this thing is state like why does the hyperspace ring come out down from orbit dude, to pick up the star dude, destroyer instead of star dude. destroyer going back up? The I'll tell you the reason is because if if uh-huh. it didn't go that way, There's the no Jedi would have even board. gotten a fearic victory of sending yep. Ezra to go meet Hera. Which I'm super glad. I'm I'm so happy for you Rebels fans that you got the emotional payoff <laughs> of those fans dude. getting to see each other for the first time. I hope you're happy with that payoff because that's the you're never going to get it again. Like what? What yeah. two and a half years from now they're going to repick and you're going to see Hera and, uh, and Ezra hug or like catch them? No, nope, all that stuff's gone. Um, yeah, I, I, no, that's, I, that's what this series feels like to me. It feels like a reunion for Rebels fans that ultimately well, does nothing. It for for long term Star Wars fans who haven't seen those shows and also for the canon in general, it does worse than nothing. Can I tell you so? I I assume that like some of this stuff had hit harder for Rebels fans. Someone turned me on on Twitter to the the Midnight Boys, uh, a ringer outfit, uh, and they're not known to be haters. I think they have like one maybe potential hater would probably be like a you know a, a one point five on the get off my yard scale. Um, but they're all mostly I think there's like one Gen Xer. They all the rest of them are millennials um, from all different kind of backgrounds and whatnot and. I, I, you know, their reputation for me is that they're pretty, they, they, they're, they're podcasting from a place of they want Marvel and Star Wars to succeed, you know, uh, sure. you know, they're, they're willing to, to overlook some things or willing to, you know, trust the, like, and I listen to that and they, they're also just steeped in the lore. Every single one of them seen every single Rebels episode. They get all the references. They understand the meaning and they were, and they are and they were very harsh about this episode and how mm-hmm. they felt as rebels fans and this is something i intuited that like the entire rebels finale that led to the banishment of thrawn and the sacrifice of Ezra and all this stuff was essentially undone by this shitty little eight episode season and they're like you know all the things that we invented and stuff that doesn't make sense the fact that like what is the diabolical need to have sabine be a jedi yeah, like, dude. If you want to have the lightsaber, Mandalorians can wield lightsabers. They have the dark saber. They won't have the force, but they can block blasters with their wrist. Just give them a, the the coolest melee weapon in the game and be like, in er, 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 the whole universe, and say, thing, you don't, man. you don't, you're not a Jedi, but you're a Mandalore, and that's good enough. Like, mm-hmm. I, uh, so it's like I'm, I was pleased to see other people besides us cranky Gen X folks saying this wasn't good enough. And that's all I'm saying. Like, you don't have to start hating Star Wars, but we do have to start holding these people accountable and, you know, stop being so fucking uncritical with our love of this stuff. 
Um, and, and or the people who the, are uncritical in your love, get the fuck out of the way of us who are trying to make it better. Because you will love Star Wars no matter what. Yeah. I promise yeah. you. You will only love it more if shit makes a little bit more sense, okay? Yeah. Like, if but you don't have if to you, hate so much. And, yeah. But if they continue to just shit up and roll with like, oh, well, obviously they couldn't take the Star Destroyer to orbit because Thrawn's been there for eight years and his Star Destroyer ran out of fuel or whatever. Like, if you were one except, I'm out. I'm out. I, I don't want any part of that bullshit. I've seen where that bullshit leads because I've been watching TV for what? 45 years consciously. So like, yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'll just yeah, wall man. off my yard and I'll still have my old trilogy and I can laugh with the prequels and I just don't need this going forward. But like, I think we can demand better from a multi-billion dollar multinational corporation. Here's the thing. The only way to demand better is to not watch the garbage. And this is a problem. Fool, fool me once, Book of Boba Fett, you know, sh shame on you. Fool me twice, Ahsoka season one, shame on me, I guess. But after Andor, who can blame me? Fool me a third time with Ahsoka season two or the fucking movies or whatever Filoni's going to do next. Shame on me because... I should know better at this point. Filoni is not the guy who's going to create the substantial Star Wars stuff that I want to see. It's evident. I, I've seen his stuff. Like, the Mandalorian is as close as he gets to greatness, and even that, in my mind, is like, okay, this is good, but it's not great. It's not Andor-level yeah. stuff. And that's that's the thing. Is like I think I just don't have any hope for the what I would call the Skywalker saga of the Star Wars universe. Like, I have a lot of hope for things like Andor and if there's some independent yes. projects that they're going to spin off with some interesting directors or people but like I like until there's a shakeup, like until I hear that like uh, they've added a third person to the Favreau team and Filoni team that's you know going to be the Tom Perota to their Damon Lindelof mm -hmm. uh, and curb their excesses or until I hear that like Kathleen Kennedy has stepped down and they put someone you know uh, it, 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 like I just don't I, I don't understand why we should expect for more because you're, you're right. Like I said, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's one thing for fans to demand it, but eventually you got to like vote with your, your what? And the thing exactly. is, it's like, that's you the have thing to vote with your eyes. Like the, the, I think that's everything that like the, the, the fans don't care about the quality. They just like the lightsabers or stormtroopers or whatever. They like to turn their brains off. What they don't understand is like, that's, I mean, ask the walking dead fans, how that worked out for them. Cause we mm -hmm. were saying the same shit in season three through six of the walking dead while it was still like, okay, not a complete dumpster fire. haha. But like it was going to get in, but we were saying like, this just keeps getting worse and worse. The budget keeps getting less and less, but oh, there's 18 million people watching it. That is just not going to work, man. There's not enough people who just want to watch something uncritically or those people will migrate like a herd to some other thing. That's 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 um, you know viscerally exciting and what and and there's just not enough people who like Star Wars uncritically to sustain a billion dollar endeavor making that entertainment. So if you, I just feel like if you love Star Wars, you know, like it's it's great that you personally like this. If you're one that liked this, if you're like, oh, I just love this, this just meant so much to me. But like when ninety plus percent of the fandom is just like malcontent for some reason or another that's just that's just not sustainable um mm -hmm. and you know it's like i i also go like I, I listen to um a youtube uh channel that's known to be to by me to be extremely uncritical about like the marvel shit uh and the disney plus shit and i listen to what they had to say 
And it's like, it's like another fucking universe. They don't talk about the plot or the characters at all. And they offer like analysis like, Ahsoka's lightsaber is cut in half by Morgan here. And she's had this lightsaber for a really long time. Obviously that meant a lot to her. I'm like, I, was it obviously? Was like, <laughs> the, the, like, like if, if this was some like sacred gift between her and Anakin, I don't know. I don't know. Like, cause I would just like, like they did not communicate that, that in the series. Yeah, And then like the one critical things they'll say is like, I, I just couldn't believe it. They'll be like, I'm not sure I believe that two TIE fighters could hit the Jedi shuttle and not destroy its wings. But I guess the T6 Jedi shuttle was known to be very rugged. And the height of the criticism was this. Uh, I guess Ezra can build a new lightsaber. I guess Hu Yang just has a whole bunch of attuned kyber crystals going on. Okay. And then they make this frowny face and kind of roll their eyes for three sec for like a half a second. And then it's on to how cool the jet, the zombie stormtroopers were. And I'm just like, the, the problem with the, your problem with this episode is where they got the fucking kyber crystal, dude. Like, <laughs> right. holy shit. I wish I lived in that just completely like if it if it references something in the cartoon lore it's good i wish i could appreciate the stuff on that level but i i just can't i just can't that's the thing i feel like so many people who do like this like it for the reasons that they're rebels fans right they like it for the things that they already know about these characters they like it for the references i mean just like the callbacks and the Easter eggs and shit like that, which does not fly for me as someone who's never seen it. I, I'm looking at the story. I'm looking at the characters. I'm looking at the logic of the narrative. And none of that stuff was up to par. I think the closest well, is- they come to, to being effective in their storytelling is with Ahsoka. And, and I will give them that. This For the longest time, I would say this series did not feel like an Ahsoka series. It felt like a Sabine series. And I think they brought it around at the end to something that felt like an Ahsoka series. Now, I have huge gripes about how that happened, but I think that they eventually rounded out into something that you can squint and see like, oh, there's a there's an arc here for a character that a lot of people love that is somewhat satisfying between Anakin and Ahsoka. I think that's there. Everything else around it, in my opinion, was pretty bad. But even then, like the lesson that I think she comes away with, like a master should uncritically support her (laughs) apprentice no matter what is just a lunatic thing to come away from the experience with. And, you know, it's like I I was looking and I'm like, you know, 10 minutes in the episode where they talk and like there's a moment where Ahsoka seems like she's going to be the parent that like maybe she's not going to abuse the student. But she's going to be like, look, you know, I love you and I'm your master and I'll support you. But you got to understand, you've really boned up and you've got you've caught you're going to cause a lot of people a lot of pain and suffering. And we're going to I, I I hope I'm wrong, but I feel like we're going to have to there's going to be a lot of consequences, constant not punishments, mm-hmm. consequences from this, Sabine. And I hope you're ready for it. And I was like, OK. And then like by the end of the episode, I was hoping for them to kind of like come back to that. And if anything, Sabine's just like. You're cool. You did good. Mm-hmm. You did what I would do. You do what Master Anakin did. No notes. And I'm just like, she's really, they're not going to deal with any of the consequences of letting Space Hitler out of jail. Can you imagine if Sabine were Luthen's Padawan? 
Look, I know he's not a Jedi, but Luthen would have chewed her ass from here to the next galaxy because he understands the cost of what she did, her decision. Yeah, I feel like Ahsoka, it's cool that you got all zen about this shit and decided, yeah, I just need to support my student, but that doesn't that does not change the fact that she unleashed a monster and yeah. billions of people are going to suffer for it. Yeah. And it's 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 a it's a certainty. And like I said, you you might as your her master stand beside her and be the only one that does, but part of standing beside her is probably preparing her for but like the fact that they're mm-hmm. not talking this is like I just yeah. don't think Filoni's even thinking about this. Which is and this shocking. and this is that is that is the Saturday morning bullshit of it all. Mm-hmm. Like the galaxy doesn't exist beyond our stars and our heroes, and no one else really matters. So mm-hmm. uh I just man i don't know i i don't know there is just a and like i said there's oof, this might probably need to move it along because we're <laughs> we got a lot to cover we haven't yeah, even scratched I, the surface of no, what i think we, is just wrong-headed filmmaking i'm with you i'm with you uh let's get into the recap we're not interested in jedi protocol we'll be right back FX is adapting James Clavell's best-selling novel, Shogun, into a 10-part miniseries this spring. Set in the shogunate period of Japan at the turn of the 15th century, Shogun depicts the rise of a feudal lord to Shogun, as seen through the eyes of a shipwrecked English sailor. It's loosely based on the real-life exploits of William Adams and Tokugawa Ieyasu. Shogun has already been successfully adapted back in 1980 with a widely acclaimed miniseries starring Richard Chamberlain featuring intricate plots, political scheming, complex characters, and thrilling action. This time, husband and wife team Justin Marks and Rachel Kondo try to recapture the successes of the novel and early adaptations while increasing the levels of historical and cultural accuracy that are often perceived as flaws of this and similar works. Starring Hiroyuki Sanada from The Last Samurai, Mortal Kombat, and John Wick 4, with Cosmo Jarvis of Peaky Blinders, Raised by Wolves, etc., joining the truly massive cast required to bring this complex world to life. Join Aaron and I each week as we deep dive into each episode, uncovering the mysteries, the intrigue, and the glory of Shogun. Shogun premieres on FX Hulu Tuesday, February 27th at the two-part debut. Our podcast will release each Thursday thereafter. Get our Shogun coverage by searching for Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. It's time for your training, Padawan. Here's more Tribe of Two. We start, let's talk about the title of this, maybe. I don't know. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. This is where it all starts going wrong for me. Uh, I don't want Narnia shit in my... I, I know it's not literally called The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I don't want Narnia shit in my Star Wars shit. Sorry. This is Dave... Dave Filoni is telling us who he is. He, you know, like the world between worlds was a a thing that he ripped entirely out of the the whole Narnia series. And this is him telling us he likes this Uh and this is what he he enjoys. And this is what he's going to do with Star Wars. So act accordingly, I guess. (laughs) I guess so. I mean, like I said, it's it's not a it's like and then I'm like I, I the world between worlds. I don't even like care like i obviously i didn't know what the hell that was or anything i'm just rolling with as a mysterious star wars thing which i used to love doing i used to just love just Uh the fact that the force is a mysterious energy uh field created by living things and permeating and you just kind of like could channel it and do stuff with it i hate the fucking middle chlorians i cannot believe 
from my understanding of what's happening at the end of this episode that Dave Filoni, if anything, is going to lean more heavily into explanations of the Force and the origins of the Force. And how. And I'm like, who the fuck came out of the disaster sequel trilogy and said, you know, the one thing we need is more Force explanations? Yeah. Sounds great. Uh, anyway. So we start off with uh, the cargo transfer. It's complete. They can leave. Mm-hmm. They can go up to orbit. They can dock with the Scion. Uh, they can huge just internet points for the guy. Out of here. The guy three weeks ago that called that they're going to dock this just like a Jedi starfighter because that's exactly uh-huh. what they did. Yeah, which is cool. Except they dock it in the wrong fucking place. Uh, so instead of going to orbit, they begin locking the Eye of Scion into place around Thrawn's ship right there at the tower. Uh, he sends two fighters out to distract and or kill Ahsoka. Thrawn thanks the Great Mothers, and they reward Morgan with the Gift of Shadows, which is this blade of Talzin. Here's the thing. I think I would have been mollified if Morgan had said, we can begin the docking procedures if you just take the Chimera into orbit, and Thrawn be like, I would love to, but we are so critically low on fuel, the Star Destroyer literally can't make it. And that adds, like, tension, that, like, Thrawn knows the obvious smart thing to do. He's unable to do it. But since they don't mention that it makes mm-hmm. it feel like that it just doesn't occur to Thrawn yes and it's like it makes me think back to are you so critically to, low on fuel that you can't back away from this tower and here's the thing I actually think this was a thing that like Dave Filoni got caught out on because remember when we said the, like Morgan said that she called for a shuttle to take them to the Eye of Scion and now suddenly the Eye is landing on the planet to pick them up I bet that at some late hour in the writer's room, someone said the discovered like, well, why the fuck isn't the thing? Oh, well, we'll go back and make the thing so it seems like that's just what you got to do. But that's insane. We know yeah. Star Destroyers can go into orbit of planets. <laughs> We've seen it a million times. Of course. Like, the only possible reason, and again, there's a head, you could hand cannon it, but I just, well, you I, can I, I can't, it, I can't explain to people. Idiot. I can't explain to people why headcanon things are like the worst. Like you can resort to that to get to the very last mile of a plot that you really enjoy. Like there's ever, ever, a lot mm-hmm, of like mm-hmm. things like the Matrix and stuff. Like eventually you'll get to a level where you have to make a leap in logic. Or you have to trust the universe. But like I feel like this show asked me to do it every five fucking minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and even if you want to grant them, okay, yeah, there's a fuel problem. You know, it's critical. Back the fuck up a thousand yards, four thousand yards, eight thousand, twelve thousand yards. Back the fuck away from that tower, and there's zero chance they get in. Right. There's no. Once you're loaded, there is zero reason to stay there. Yeah. It's idiotic uh, on Thrawn's part to stay there. Yeah. And it gets worse. It gets even fucking worse in, as this episode goes on. Like that's not the most egregious thing that he doesn't just move the ship uh yeah i was trying to give him credit i'm like okay these tie fighters are just a distraction to slow down ahsoka as they head into orbit right because they've got this ship maybe they might chase them up there Mm -hmm. uh once they get rid of that ship once they ground the the jedi shuttle it's like dude you're just an idiot and that's the thing, like, I, as far as I'm concerned with Thrawn, he talks about his dwindling numbers, which, yeah, I get it. But, like, you have to have the expectation that when you return to the Star Wars galaxy, you're going to have some kind of industrial complex behind you. And I think they're setting that up fine with the the mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Re- Imperial remnants penetrating the shipyards and the fact that they could build this giant fucking hyperspace ship. Like, Thrawn will have resources when he gets here. 
So why are you being stingy at the 11th hour? Unless you literally only have two, like this is no longer a situation of like, well, you know, I might need to have some forces in reserve. So I'm going to send the bare amount. It's because I'm saving it for this moment. This is that moment. Do you literally only have two star the fucking TIE fighters? No, we see a lot this more is the than that. only <laughs> thing that can stop you, man. And as soon as you get yeah. back to Star Wars Galaxy, you are one fucking beat up Star Destroyer against the entire New Republic fleet, which no we see at the end of the episode. TIE fighters will help you. Yeah. So what are you holding in reserve, you dumb blue motherfucker? <laughs> like, it's just so that you can barely believe that Sabine can win a, mm-hmm. a, a, a little bit of victory. Like, it's, it's just to continue the dance of this episode. It's dumb. And it undermines the character. Like, they're trying to establish this character as a tactical genius who wins against all odds. And the dialogue is it. so I good. I don't believe it. I loved when he said, uh, I've watched many Imperial officers make the same assumptions about the rebellion. Even I fell in victim, and I'll never let it happen again. But watch me let it happen again as I send two fucking TIE fighters. Yeah. I'm sorry. Hold on a second. Um, a compliment of TIE fighters in a Star Destroyer. Oh, Let me God. Google something Hundreds, real quick. Thousands. Standard compliment is 72 fighters. Okay. Oh, okay. Does he really only have two fighters left after what? Five years, six years in exile? Like, no, I, I'm pretty sure we see more than that in the hangar bay. <sighs> He's holding them for when it really going to matter. He's holding them back for when it's really going to matter, Jim. Maybe he's doing something to Dathomir where he needs his other 70 fighters. I don't uh, know. What, what do you think about this witch shit? <laughs> Dude, witch shit sucks. I, look, I don't like witch shit on the best of days. I really don't like it on Star Wars Day. I think witches and zombies are the worst thing to happen to Star Wars in my lifetime. Oh. They're worse than midichlorians. They're worse than the Clone Wars. They're worse than the sequels. I just fucking hate it. It's not Star Wars. And and I don't, and honestly don't mind, like I said, I don't mind other force traditions. Like I don't mind the people calling themselves witches and they have a different understanding of force and they channel it differently. But like it shouldn't unlock whole other abilities because like the force, as I understand it, is fully explored between the Jedi and the Sith. Like, yes. you got the lightning, you got this, you got that. Maybe you can, you know, you can do some extreme stuff where you can, like, apparently generate a whole human out of it. And, and, I, and like, I, when I talk about this, it's like, okay, well, maybe I'm being too harsh. And maybe you can conjure a blade out of pure Sith magic or whatever. And maybe maybe the Force sometimes look like green smoke instead of blue lightning and stuff. I, it's just like... Then what's the point of but kyber why? crystals? But, 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 yeah. Like, I just... I, I don't know. It's just another thing of like, we can't imagine Star Wars without lightsabers. So this independent force using sisterhood has to have a fo- lightsaber blade or how could they possibly fight Jedi? And, and it just, and that's it just thing. looks and feels stupid. I think it just looks and feels really stupid. You're not supposed and, to be able to fight Jedi. That, that's the thing. You're not supposed to be able to fight Jedi as mere mortals. It, that's how it always was in Star Wars. Jedi are a fucking force of nature. They are to be but they reckoned are, with. Sith witches. I think they can fight with the force. I think they can fight sure, with the force. Absolutely. I just don't think they need a lightsaber. They could have, like, they could just use the pure, pure force, you know? Well, we, need, like we need to stop trying to make something cooler than lightsabers, too, because yeah. you can't. You cannot do it. The, the lightsaber <sighs> is the coolest form of sword that has ever been created. Let's just face it. 40 years ago, Lucas said, I've got this idea, and it was the best idea. 
let's just stop trying to make dark sabers and Dathomir <laughs> witch sabers and shit like that. Let's just stick with the coolest and form, the lightsaber. Sabers and and I'll, I'll go. I I think that Dave Filoni revealed himself as something else, and that is an unrepentant weeaboo. Uh oh yeah. The 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 ultimate perfected dark side blade is a fucking katana. No, and okay. like he's yeah. gonna sprinkle Ronin in another like Japanese like uh, we got Boken. Oh, I love Boken by the way. Now if you go through Wikipedia, every fucking post je- a post uh, New Republic Jedi is now referred to officially as a Boken Jedi. Even though this is just some asshole Jedi mm-hmm. that is just making an offhand remark about his opinion of the quality of post temple jedi that's now yeah. an official fucking term that's that's been applied to all like oh my god this fandom what if he called her a stupid jedi so, that's what Would i'm saying up, like what if he called her update wikipedia with oh every jedi after the era Ezra of the Bridgers, republic one of those poopy, poopy pants jedis uh-huh. they can't hold a candle Ezra Brett Jedi, 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 Poopy, Poopy Pants, Pants Jedi, Jedi hyperlinked uh-huh. to the one time to some. It's just so stupid. It's so fucking stupid, dude. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I just. I, I can't have this in my yard. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't have. It's. It's not even like it's the lack of critical thought or, uh, to in into the lore. As a person that loves lore, it's the lack of critical thought that's going into the lore that just really pains me. Maybe I was putting too much critical thought into it because at this very first scene, this is where I'm starting to question everything I've seen before why do the great mothers give a shit about Thrawn what is he See, doing I, this has been the mystery all season long what is Thrawn doing with this cargo with these witches what is the fucking point and they never get to it in the entire there reasons, series there's reasons but they're not going to tell you and what is Balon doing on this planet there are reasons, reasons. but they're not going to tell you yeah. what is Shin doing now who's and these are the only get... mysteries these are the biggest I... mysteries of the entire season and they don't even reveal they, they don't reveal anything about them they are in the same state now as they were then this and this is the key to hack writing this is why like and I, I smell this because um, I got, got taught this lesson by X-Files and Lost very early in my television writing career it's fine to have ongoing mysteries it's fine to ask new questions at the end, you know, to, to keep people on the hook. It's not cool to not have any answers at the end of a whole season. It's not cool mm-hmm. to get zero answers and more questions uh, asked. Not like, even to deepen the mystery. That's that's the thing that's most egregious here. They, with Balin, they did nothing. They did not deepen the mystery at all. I know exactly as much about Balin's plot as I do in episode one. And it's a shame because, like, I love Darth Swanson. Darth Swanson's fucking rad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it already was sad on the face of it that we're going to lose Ray Stevenson forever. So they're going to have to recast him or do something w- wild, do some Dathomir witch, you know, CG bullshit or something. But the fact that like this, it, it, like it, it's not that Ray died in the middle of filming and they had to like desperately go to this because they what what are we what are we to do? He died like five months after filming completed. This is how mm-hmm. they intended to leave things. And it's just like, yeah. I don't know, man. I, th- to me, this, this is the hallmark of uh, hack, fly by the seat of her pants, right well, by the, committee. It's the hallmark uh, no of the Disney business model. Just for, yeah, yeah, that's well, what it's the hallmark of. It's the hallmark the, of the, set the, up the, the next Wars thing side. as much as possible so we can hook people and force them to watch the next movie, the next series. That's, yeah, and it's, yeah it's, it's the marvelification of everything on the Disney side. 
well it's worse than that because remember when we said like i hope like five years ago we're like i hope the star wars learns from the marvel side where you kind of got to start things slow and you got to do that if anything like the star the marvel side has forgotten how to do things because they're fucking up making things (laughs) compelling and connecting things and you know taking your time to do things right um because i heard the secret wars was like that's i got a little bit of that on the midnight boys shows that that was like uh extinction level fan event how bad that oh series was and how bad especially the finale was and that's the other thing that they pointed out that i haven't really realized is all of these shows like sometimes they have a decent you know sometimes they have a decent uh, story sometimes they have a decent season but they almost all have terrible finales and the one that i can think of is like loki loki's the only thing that didn't that, that had a finale that didn't kind of like land like a wet turd mm-hmm yeah, I, that's I, a I feel problem. like it's yeah, it's probably because they're trying to set so much other stuff up with those finales and hook you into watching them. I mean, it's well, like cliffhangers are supposed to hook people and make people desperate to see what comes next. And they're having the yeah. opposite effect. So, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, that business model of we're going to make just as much as people can possibly bear at this pace is doomed it looks like i mean you have in order to create something compelling for fans you have to have time to create it you have to have passion you have to have the space to to make something truly great and when you are forcing you know a schedule 10 years in advance with you know different phases of the thing and saying we have to hit these milestones you know product be damned you're going to end up with shit like this where it's poorly well, thought one out and, and ill conceived is there's not really a Star Wars project planned for the next like year or <laughs> year they they had and with the writer strike too they have a they have time to course correct it's just like what I'm saying is this feels like season five season six The Walking Dead where it's like I'm starting to collect enough information where there is technically time for them to turn this around and to like salvage because there's a lot of good elements in the season I just don't think they will. Because I don't think they know. I don't think they. They. I don't <laughs> I think mean, they. They've correctly diagnosed the problem from my perspective. So it feels like this yeah, thing's going to be doomed to be nichier, nichier, only for more and more obsessive fans, and that's just not a recipe for mainstream success. Which means they'll probably stop doing it eventually. Well, they've already shut down the movie arm of Star Wars. I know they're talking about spinning it back up. Filoni himself is probably going to. That's get what I'm a, saying. Like, yeah, film, they're, but like they're, they had sh- they had their fucking shit can their movie yeah. plans because of how terrible this stuff was and how much the fans hated it they're on the same pants. trajectory with their television stuff their series yeah. are so bad between book of boba fett and the way that this plays out and yeah. obi-wan i mean that they, they need to shut down tv production too and go back to the drawing yeah. board with this stuff look go they, ask gilroy to do some more shit so that we can actually get a series that people care about or maybe the lesson is you just can't do Avengers. You can't do fucking Endgame like every 10 years. Like, you, Or if you do, you need to take a break. Like maybe this stuff needs to just develop a new IP and come back to Star Wars mm-hmm. in a couple of years when people have like kind of gotten hazy about how bad you shit the bed last time. You know, you've already recouped your $2 sure. billion or $4 billion investment on this thing. Come on now. Like, oh, yeah. Like, like it's like a field. You gotta lay it live follow a little bit for for the 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 creative juices to build back up in the soil. You're just extracting, extracting, yeah. and extracting. It's gonna blow away. It's gonna turn into a barren desert. Yeah, that's a great analogy. The problem is that they have shareholders who are out there saying, "Plant those fucking crops. We want to harvest." 
Yeah. And if they're not if they're not planting as many and in fact more crops and harvesting as much or more than they did last quarter, the shareholders are going to abandon them and their whole business is going to eventually crumble. It's actually illegal not to extract yeah. maximum at full in America. Like it's it's a violation of your fiduciary responsibility to your shareholders. So like mm-hmm. it's in a, <laughs> we're, in a bad, we're in a bad spot, you know. Uh we might be in a bad spot with this podcast. That's that's scene one. Wait, we've talked for 20 minutes about it. Let's move on. Okay. Let's move on to another scene we can talk 20 minutes about. Ezra constructs a lightsaber. Let me say that again. Ezra, For- Force Monk, uh, now disavowed lightsaber user, constructs a new lightsaber for himself. Hu Yang claims that he taught Ezra's master to build a lightsaber and helps him find the components he's looking for. Ezra asks what he's missed between Sabine and Ahsoka, and Hu Yang fills him in. What happened to the Force Monk stuff. I thought this man didn't need a lightsaber and in fact, preferred not to use a lightsaber. I think, I don't know, cause like I thought that was what they're going for too, but apparently he's like, okay, well the Force Monk's fine, but we're gonna salt the whole Star Destroyer. I better have a lightsaber, which, but yeah, I, I don't so know So he lost why. faith during that battle? He was like, oh yeah, no, I almost got my ass kicked there with this Force Monk stuff. I should get back to the saber business. He's like, I don't know, like, trust, thinks that Sabine can know. I, yeah, like I said, this episode makes all the other episodes a little bit worse. And I kind of thought the monk, Force Monk thing was cool. It was a, you, you know, like a, if you sure. have to do Jedi, having different classes of Jedi would actually be kind of cool. Maybe you could have some, you know, take some, uh, get, get some different Force classes. You got the Jedi protectors that can, like, do shields and stuff. You got the Jedi monks who are hand-to-hand combat specialists. And, and then I, I just, yeah, but I guess not. Don't know that was that was just that was just a one time thing. Okay, they they didn't really make that clear until he's in the mid middle of uh, constructing a saber. Uh, yep. the, the and you're like Hu yeah. Yang's talking about how like Ahsoka thought that training Sabine would be dangerous, and it has turned out to be dangerous. But we're not going <laughs> to do anything with that. We're not going to acknowledge that uh-huh. it's it's going to be like Ahsoka was wrong to think that, and <laughs> now she's gotten over it. Yeah. I mean, I like that we get a little bit more backstory on that. Like, well, that was one of the big questions, right? Why did Ahsoka stop training Sabine? And I've we got... do get an answer here, but I don't know that it's wholly satisfying. Yeah, because it's not apparently going to pay off or it's going to mm-hmm. anti-pay off. Which, let's go to the next scene. This is right. leading right into there. Yeah, Sabine and Ahsoka talk about how they got into this situation. Uh, Sabine apologizes and Ahsoka lets her off the hook because Anakin always had her back. Ahsoka says she'll always have Sabine's back, and then they get attacked by two TIE fighters, which Sabine takes out, crashing Ahsoka's ship in the process. I was so close to thinking that Ahsoka... I was like, like when this conversation started up, like, oh my god, they're going to take this, like, gentle parenting track with Ahsoka, where it's not like... I, I think as a parent, your job when you're a kid, especially when they get to be teenagers, when they fuck up, isn't to be like... You fucking dumbass piece of shit. I can't believe you had your head so far up your ass. You did something so fucking stupid that you did. It's to be, you know, the kind of like more guidance. And like, you should always be in their corner. But sometimes, you know, you'll have to be like, hey, you're not going to get a punishment, but there are going to be consequences. And it's not even going to be coming from me. It's going to be coming from like Mm -hmm. the cops or the, you know, the (laughs) you're going to get kicked out of her apartment if you can't, if, if, if you party too much and tear shit up and like, I thought she was going towards there. It's like, oh, you you, you must be very pleased. Your gamble play, paid off. And when she started showing contrition, I thought she'd lean into that to be like, you know, I'm glad we got Ezra back. And that's a good thing. But if we don't stop Thrawn, 
there's going to be severe consequences and these are things we're going to have to deal with and it's going to disrupt the force and like mm-hmm. something something and it's like I think the only consequence we might get is whoever that douchebag imperial senator is going to grandstand about how oh, oh, oh I got your son but he's going to be seen as the bad guy he's going to be mm-hmm. seen as an asshole and if I was you know my skull will split open and I'll die when that happens I, I just don't know I don't know no I yeah, do know this it, is garbage this is this is bad storytelling <laughs> agreed uh, and it's worse at the end of the scene like when Sabine comes up after taking out these two TIE fighters at the cost of their only mode of transportation that could possibly catch Thrawn and says got him I'm like somebody slap this idiot got I didn't him mind. So, at uh, what uh, cost uh, I guess I didn't mind that because to me it's like they were sacrificing a ship to save the Nodi. and I'm like okay that's that's fine um, <laughs> I mean, who gives a shit about the Nodi? If, if, okay. if you're going to sacrifice the galaxy for Ezra the least you can do is sacrifice it for these poor innocent <laughs> native people okay I'm uh-huh, I'm uh-huh. on board with that but yeah also okay I I know what I know what the apologists are going to say but why are we traveling at four miles per hour when Thrawn is about to take off and the fate of the galaxy is at hand here. Is there something wrong with Ahsoka's ship going into this? No. The The reason that they are, and they, they'd say this in, in the episode, is Ahsoka said, earlier when Ezra's constructing his lightsaber, he tells Hu Yang, Ahsoka said we'll leave as soon as everyone's ready. And so he's frantically rummaging around for parts trying to construct his lightsaber to make himself ready. They cannot fly to their destination while he's looking for parts. The guy who just an episode ago was saying, I don't need a lightsaber, now suddenly is holding up a, a, a galaxy-wide uh, consequential fight so that he can construct a weapon he doesn't need. I just assumed that I had forgotten that Ahsoka shuttle was damaged in the transit process or like through through the mines or something. And they, it was like something that they hadn't quite got the engines going again. No, really? it's damaged here at the beginning when the TIE fighters shoot it. Uh, well, I mean, I know that that then it's stabilized, yeah, yeah. so it can't even hover at that point. But I thought there was something. Right. Making, so if there's I mean, I'm not I don't know. Like, I like again, like I, I guess if truly there was nothing wrong with that ship, like. It'd be maybe their plan was to take the Nodi along with them as some kind of Ewoks, like a really incompetent, weak Ewoks. Then get them like, on board and go, man. Load that cargo that, and get the yeah, hell out of here. I don't. That's okay. That's even stupider, I guess. More stupid. Yeah. So they can give an opportunity to the guy who doesn't need a saber to build one. Doesn't make any sense. Uh. All right. Thrawn gets the report of the Ties engagement with Ahsoka ship. Seeing that they're grounded, he decides he needs to prepare for a ground assault as a Jedi ride towards Thrawn's ship. Uh, you know, if you would have sent half a wing of Tie fighters out, Thrawn, I, I, I think there would have been zero chance. And like, again, uh-huh. this is—he's saying all the right things. This is a sick thing to do if he was actually doing smart things, and Ahsoka was countering him because she, she's just such a badass Jedi. But he's just like taking all these fucking like Mike the Mantrout from Breaking Bad to come up here and be like, this is a bunch of half measures, Grand Admiral. What the fuck? Do you even care? Do you uh-huh. want to take off from this planet with the Night Sisters bullshit in tow? I don't know that he does. And also, Wes Chatham, everybody. One of the one one of my fate one of my favorite character actors from the Expanse. 
Mm-hmm. It's hidden behind his gold-faced asshole suit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I, I, and I love that if I stick with this series, but to see his face, I almost guarantee it's going to be a snarling zombie at this point. Yep. Yep. For sure. I don't know. This is where the episode really just like falls apart for me. Um, Thrawn needs to back the fuck away from this tower and stop any chance of a ground assault. You don't... If you want to stop a ground assault, a great place to do that is in the sky. Go to the sky. Yep. That's how I stop ground assaults. I wonder how many Imperial shuttles... I wonder how many compliments of Imperial shuttles the Star Destroyer have. Like, you could just go to orbit and, like, load up the fucking coffins and shit that way, too. But, like, yeah, I, I just can't... I can't think of a single... You're right. Even if they're low on fuel, just back the fuck up. Back the fuck up. Can a Jedi force jump a mile? Nope. (laughs) I don't think I don't ca- so. Three three Jedi's could probably chain their force jumps to where they could jump what twelve football fields. That's my guess. That's based on <laughs> yeah, what I saw. Keep... Like twelve football fields, but two of them would die. They would they would plummet to their well, deaths. They can keep each other in the air long it. enough for their double jump to reset, and they just keep on chaining it infinitely. So oh that's what yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a five second timeout. <laughs> there's a cool gotta... uh-huh. <laughs> for their alt jump ability. <laughs> Yeah, it's stupid. Uh, anyway, Thrawn spots the Jedi incoming and rains hellfire on them. They manage to ride through it and enter the gate to the uh, Tower to Thrawn ship. And the night troopers are dispatched. The Jedi cut them all down, but the Great Mothers reanimate them. I hate this. I hate <sighs> zombies in Star Wars. Clones? I know that... Okay, I- zombies, fuck you. I know there's some dark, like there's there's been some dark uh, book lines that like deals with like kind of Star Wars horror, and I think that's fine to explore in little like side corners and stuff. But like, and it, like, I wouldn't even mind if these are re- reanimated stormtroopers, like through some kind of like force power. It's just the way they were conceived, where they're literally walking dead zombies in stormtrooper armor. Like they do the I don't like it conceptually, but yes, uh, the depiction like, of like, it in like, particular like, is offensive. Like imagine they were just like, um, just like automatons, and they were just like they didn't make any noise, they weren't moaning like zombies, they didn't have a rotted face, they were just like soulless machines or something. Like I think that would have been an interesting take if they were, you know, like better somehow even because now they're they got their full faculties, but they're invincible. But maybe they like I don't know, they don't have like uh, I. I I'm just saying, like, it just seems like there's a better way than just literally Walking Dead-style zombies in Stormtrooper armor. It just felt real dumb, and it didn't feel like Star Wars. And also, how many of Thrawn's troops are dead now? All of them, I assume. They're all dead. Then then what is the volunteer process? And if they're all dead, why hasn't Ezra ever seen this? In fact, what the fuck has Ezra and Thrawn been doing on this planet the whole time? Has Thrawn spent any effort to track him down and kill him? Apparently not. Otherwise, like how he'd often... probably be able to, considering he's just like a day's walk away. And yeah, he has like a map I, I that can pinpoint him. I hear that the Marauders are a threat. I never hear about. Well, you got to watch out for the Imperial patrols. They're the real motherfuckers in this thing. Like I don't understand. Uh, it doesn't feel like five years have really elapsed, or however many years has really elapsed for these people. I think it's like like ten. I, I think it's a long ass time. And even then, it's like. Should Thrawn's shit be this busted up? You you look at the stormtrooper armor. It looks like these guys like in, you know like do they just roll like does Thrawn have them rolling around in the dirt 
like three shifts out of the the day like i yeah how do you damn, crack a piece have you been of fighting armor plating that with that regularity right like in 10 years yeah. every single piece of armor is going to be cracked to bits are, are you fighting doing? constant wars against against Ezra Bridgers, one man defender of the Nodi, the and he's Nodi. just like this, <laughs> like he just just slowly ground down your forces. Like I, you might be running low on supplies and stuff, but why is your shit all scuff? Like, and that's the thing. I thought this Kasugi stuff was really fucking cool, but now that the story is shit, I'm starting to really double think and starting to question everything. Right, right. Here's uh, the thing that I really don't like about the zombies and the magic. It's yeah. that Star Wars Star Wars to me has always been a sci-fi series with mm-hmm. a the addition of a slight uh hint of magic, right? Like the the a sprinkle of magic. It's been like the force users are extremely rare and they can do impressive but not otherworldly things, you know? They can read your mind a little bit. They can jump mm-hmm. higher, they can run faster. They they're able to like sort of kind of predict your moves a little bit ahead of you and that has just been blown the fuck open in star wars star wars is now a fantasy series with a little bit of sci-fi in it and yeah it's just not the tv i I like i I, i'm not a fan of the fantasy genre i'm a fan of the sci-fi genre right and they have totally flipped the script on star wars and I think the force can. And do I'm just a fan about of zombie genre too. I will say I'm a fucking True. zombie lover. I love this shit. I've seen hundreds of zombie movies. It's not the zombies I hate in concept. It's their use in this thing that I thought was something else. And I, 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 I'm, I'm a little bit more lenient. I think the force can do anything, but it has, it can't be do anything all the time. It has to be like like once in a movie can you throw the force theme and have some kind of big meaningful moment and like where Vader summons the strength to throw the Emperor into a cha- chasm or Luke summons the strength to, ch- to sacrifice himself rather than turn to the dark side or some or you know you can you can guide a photon torpedo into a fucking exhaust port but like all the fucking time it's just the win button. Uh-huh. Especially yeah. when you're in a completely artificially constructed situations that you had complete control over, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. They 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 have so eroded the Jedi that they're just now another faction in Star Wars that isn't nearly as impressive that, or mysterious as they used to be. And also, simultaneously, they're the only faction that matters. Everyone has to be a Jedi, or they're just not as cool, you know. It and they can't that, like, stand up to the Jedi. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know, man. Sorry, get off my lawn. <laughs> There's no zombies there in my go. Star Wars. <laughs> get these zombie fuckers off. Yeah, for sure. Get these zombie fucks off our lawn. Uh, so we see some green smoke happening in this scene, which to me says that Maroc was one of these yep. zombies. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> Reanimate. Yeah, right. Like he never came back. I guess that was just a teaser like, to say zombies are coming. Also- why did Shin react like this? She lost her best friend. We now know these zombies are a bunch of brainless fucks. Or maybe they, I don't know, maybe they're highly conscious, sensitive beings. They just can't communicate. It's like uh, what we do in a shadow situation sure. where like they, they, they just don't, they're just not like, coordinated enough to get anything beyond out of their mouths. Uh, I always thought, I always read her look there as being confused as what she was seeing. So that makes sense to me. But yeah. Oh, I, really? She didn't know she was working with a horrifying space zombie the whole time. Yeah, didn't feel apparently. nothing off about the force about this guy. No, she's not very good with the force. 
anyway morgan says hey thron uh we can go now dude and he says nah if we go now the jedi might have time to get on the ship we need to wait a little longer yeah yeah bring your ring down to me and then morgan says yeah i understand no dude he literally says like she says okay we're all loaded let's get the hell out of here he's he's like if we he he almost literally this is almost word for word if we leave now the jedi might have a chance to get on the ship at the pace they're going we need to stay <laughs> we need to stay we, we, we need to we need to buy more time is what he says yeah i don't understand this at all it's it's, it's but morgan it's does morgan's like i understand yeah Morgan has literally misunderstood every single move that Thrawn has made this entire series, but now he trusts her that he, she understands. Beware the Sith. We will return. Are you hearing voices too? Welcome back to Tribe of Two. Uh... The Jedi make their way up the tower, and they run into Morgan, who whips out her shiny new sword. Whoa, whoa, says, whoa, You skipped the whole, like, Thrawn opening up the whole turbo laser fire, and they just casually ride through a whole Star Destroyer. The term. And then, then all three scene, of them... man. You're, I, you're way behind. We, but I just, oh, yeah. oh, we talk about them, like, all three riding and just reaching out with their hands to open a door, and how just, like... Mm, did, did, yeah. did, I didn't think we talked about I mean, I believe I, the I, Jedi can do that. What's wrong with that? <sighs> Jedi can move shit. I mean, why even why even have the door closed? Like, if the if the real peril is riding over the field of turbo laser fire, why add the door? I mean, why not add? Why the door? add a huge door that like oh one of them can't, but they all have three have to like reach out their hands. It just I thought it looked dumb to have them all <laughs> okay. three. It looked you know how like in the Matrix Four like every single time like Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves are doing something they just they essentially just hold their hand out and grunt and that was like everything mm-hmm. like Lana Wachowski just didn't give a shit because it's like well i guess if you want to murder my child i might as well be the one that wields the blade but i I clearly don't give a shit about any of this stuff dave filoni this is supposed to be the stuff that he lives for and we're getting like late game matrix for i don't know jedi sequences look this is the stuff i buy from a jedi i buy that they could predict where a shot's gonna land and avoid it i like i don't have a problem with that part of the jedi being like slightly psychic mildly psychic so I have no problem with them running through a field of blaster fire. All right. Uh. So so yeah. Now now we get to the part where they run into Morgan. She whips out the sword. So says, "I'll handle it." Sends Ezra and Spine to stop Thrawn, and they all end up in battles. Why doesn't Morgan care? The two of these Jedi are just walking past her. Dude, isn't Thrawn she sent here said, to stop, stop the, the Jedi? Jedi. And the idea that these the two zombie troopers wearing maybe Beskar armor, I don't know. It looked like they were wearing some kind of special thing, could stop two Jedi. And I guess Ezra is like kind of a considerable Jedi. He's like, I guess, a Empire Strikes Back, Luke Skywalker level, maybe a little bit beyond. Okay. I just I like and because that that's the thing. When when I'm like, okay. She's going to leave. Maybe I thought like what was going to happen is Darth Shin and uh, Swanson was going to show up. Grimes and Swanson was going to show up. When the two uh, zombie troopers showed up, I'm like, 
oh no, the Jedi will have to go around them. What what can two, even the strongest, most bulletproof zombie troopers, what can they do to stop a Jedi from going across around them over like a what? It's not a tight thing. There's no ceilings. They literally can force. Yeah. I saw these. I'll see these motherfuckers force jump a quarter mile five minutes from now. But they are just completely stun locked by two zom zombie troopers with a, with rifles. Yeah. Uh, How? It, when we just I saw them fight up a tower against 40 of these things. These are special troopers. Yeah, they're red they've and had, black. They, oh, they, their faces, they've, they've, had a, they've had a long time to master the art of being a zombie. And it's just like, I, it's like, I feel like Dr. Manhattan at the end of uh, Watchmen. It's like, do you know what the world's strongest zombie poses a threat to a Jedi? It's as much as the world's strongest fucking termite. Like, mm -hmm. no, they have no tools. They have no, like if I was expecting them to like try to like just like okay fucking bully past them and like maybe they would have like green lightning they they they're like imbued at the dark side so it's like okay yeah Jedi can't just escape from them but they just are brawlers man and yeah and then you you talked about the Morgan just letting them go past like oh right. well these are the these are the low, these are the B tier Jedi I can let <laughs> the two zombies. <sighs> it hasn't and we haven't you? got the peak stupid yet we haven't got the peak stupid no, no. that comes this Morgan fight. No, we'll get we'll get stupider. Uh, let me throw some more stupid out there. Has it bothered right. you that throughout this entire series we've never seen a Jedi run fast? In all these time critical yeah. circumstances, a Jedi has never ran. Dude, have I brought it up like seventeen times? Yes, it bothers <laughs> me just a little bit. I've seen you know. Obi Wan and Qui Gon book ass through a ship before when there was some mission critical stuff happening. Come on, guys. You can run faster than these stupid howlers. Get on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, okay. I will say that, like, I know Jedi can do that. I think it's dumb. I'm kind of like, if, if they forget about force speed and they just make it non-canonical, that'd be cool. <laughs> because, like, what, it's one of those things where it's like, is... why don't they do it all the time? Like, they literally should do it all the time. Yeah, Every single time should. a Jedi has to get to some place, they should be fucking booking it. They should be using force speed to get there. Mm -hmm. Unless, unless it's like you know, anytime it's like a flashing light emergency situation, four speed. I just think it's they shouldn't just be able to do it. But yeah, you might be right about that. But they've shown canonically that they can. So fucking. I do agreed. It. Agreed. Yeah. All right, Thrawn takes off just before the Jedi arrive, but Ezra manages to get on board using an assist from the former Mandalorian, now Jedi Sabine. Uh, Sabine stays behind to help Ahsoka. Together they kill Morgan. Do you know what? Let's the talk about funniest... Sabine. Yeah, I wanted to. Uh, do you know what the funniest part about this scene? And I didn't pick it up until the Midnight Boys pointed it out. What's that? Sabine canonically has a full set of Mandalorian armor, including jetpack. Including jetpack. Including jetpack. Why the fuck would you pack all your armor and your blaster for an extra galactic mission and leave your jetpack behind? I she think has I know. a jetpack? Holy shit. I think it's because Dave Filoni knows that he's going to need her to force jump and she can have her whole Mandalorian armor, except it's just like, that is colossally stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did question that earlier in the series. I was like, why doesn't she use her jetpack? But then I thought, eh, maybe she just doesn't have one. 
Because not every Mandalorian does. Yeah, we right, don't. Right. We haven't seen Rebels. We don't know. She fucking has a complete set, including jetpack. Wow. And she just didn't bring it. She just didn't bring it. I I guess. <laughs> All right. Let's let's continue talking about Sabine. Then she's suddenly discovered that oh, actually my midichlorian count is way fucking higher than I than the, Hu Yang knew when he pronounced me the worst Jedi in history. Uh, it's way fucking higher than I knew because now suddenly I'm able to grab this saber and then convince my friend who's never seen me use the Force ever once in the history of our relationship to jump to his death. Uh, and I will use the force to save him. Stakes are high, you know. Thrawn might get back <laughs> in the galaxy if she doesn't. Uh, I saw yeah, like so. I saw an explanation. No of hesitation this. to sacrifice Ezra to save the galaxy this time around. By the way, by the way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she misses. He's dead. Uh, so, so I saw a, a write up of this that was way better. That could have been actually important for character development and everything all in this one scene for these two characters and all you had to have happen was Ezra see her pull that lightsaber uh -huh. and then him say I'm gonna jump on this ship boost me and I'll pull you when I get up there and her say I can't do it I can't I, I'm not strong I can't do it and him be like I believe in you yeah no that'd be better from the other direction this works a thousand times better yeah, but I still, I still don't know that I buy that Sabine is this like she's again. I, I don't either. I 100 percent don't buy it. But that would have made it okay character. Like, here's the thing: Dave, Dave Filoni had a 10 out of 10 difficulty maneuver to take a character who is. It'd be like if Han Solo and the sequels were. Hey, I'm gonna, you know, I'm tired of you and the kid uh, taking all the glory. I'm gonna dabble in this Jedi bullshit, and like by the end of the movie he can force jump and bring his lightsaber and and force push other human beings like these impossible distances like that would be dumb right that's like that's a hard that's a hard sell because you're either force sensitive or you're, or you're not you know um in my mind yeah i just think that they just really put the pedal to the metal on that um and like I, just, I mean, I, yeah. again, with, I, with I, I Luke, don't. it took a whole movie, right? It took it took a lot of time and dedication and training to get to the point where he could do this shit. With Sabine, it takes a moment of realization that if like, I don't honestly, do this, I'm going to die. Her, her pulling the lightsaber to herself and killing that, I think that was the perfect level. That's like Luke in the Wampa Cave. I'm in a life and death situation. I have to find uh -huh. Sinter. And I'm going to... That, that, this is like... <laughs> this is all I can do before before I get to Yoda and start my training, right? The fact that she just goes from that, like, basic kind of, like, Boken Jedi move to, you know, lifting an X-Wing out of a swamp, I, it just, it's just, and again, Luke Skywalker, the yes. Skywalker family, that's what they're known for. They're, like, yes. one some of the strongest force, force users. It's just, I, I thought I thought I thought Filoni they're the ones to shit. bring balance to the fucking force. Sabine's just right. a Mandalorian who's uh, not even force sensitive. Uh, yeah, it's which, ridiculous. Which again, I don't know why the Mandalorian has to be a Jedi. <laughs> like Mandalorians are super cool. They kill Jedi. It's the rule uh, of cool. Like you know what's cool? A Mandalorian. You know what's cooler? A well, billion dollars. Right. I don't well, know, man. 
the the cool is only the cool only rules if it's really really cool and this just just goes being stupid I, the other question i had about the scene is why does stormtroopers just watching i don't like, know like it would be a lot i think it would be a fundamentally more exciting scene if those stormtroopers like saw what they're doing and started opening fire and it's like it increases the degree but that's that i don't know like <laughs> Huh. We're we're already five levels of stupid because this situation shouldn't have happened. The situation was engineered right. to make the situation happen, and the situation they made happen is the dumbest version of the situation. Has Morgan? But been- but they have John Williams theme music coming on strong and doing everything <laughs> right. it can. There's there's not enough the laser Williams swords and yeah, not enough Johnny Williams in the world for me to save this scene. Uh. I should probably give this a pass. I think it's plausible. Although she's all about that Dathomir shit. I don't know why Morgan can fight so well. Like she's doing spin kicks and then twirls and flips and stuff like that. When she's a Dathomir witch, like yeah, and Ahsoka handled her. Do they train to fight? I don't think these other witches could fight. I think you could walk up to them, and if their magic doesn't work on you, you could just cut them down in one blow. Well, but their magic probably—I'd be like saying the same thing about the Emperor. If his magic doesn't work on you, you could probably cut him down. Well, his yeah, but why isn't Morgan using magic in this scene then? I don't like, know. That's use what the I, that's, magic, not the karate kicks you've learned as that's a Jedi what I'm training. Saying. That's what I'm saying. But like, they did establish her as being—that's the thing. They established her as being no match for Ahsoka back in. Uh, Mandalorian season two, wasn't it? Um, and she did the spin kicks and you had the Beskar spear and all that kind of stuff. So she's trained. I buy that. And she's super powered by the Dathomir witches, but it's like, sure. It's just, it's just stupid. It's, it's also stupid to have like the stormtroopers come out the flanker and drive Ahsoka back and then form a ring around them to let Ahsoka kill her. Like, mm-hmm. why didn't the troopers just like, continue to fire on her while why is it only the heroes can help each other out you know like a zombie can grab ezra and sabine can come over there and save him but like none of the villains will ever lift a finger towards helping the main villain out like i don't know i mean it'd be one thing when morgan's like no 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 i command you to stick back i want to deal with this jedi myself but they just i just it's just this is stupid it's just stupid yeah i don't know maybe they didn't want to hit morgan uh, Thrawn decides to bombard the tower with Hellfire. Uh, Ahsoka and Speen jump onto the opportunely timed arrival of Hu Yang in the repaired ship and follow Thrawn into space. Thrawn calls up Ahsoka and taunts her about Anakin's fate and then rolls space coal in her face as he jumps away into <laughs> hyperspace. I thought he did a hyperspace burnout right in front of her. <laughs> sure Rolled did. hyperspace coal. That's funny. <laughs> Man, uh, and this thing is is like they they're writing Thrawn perfectly, but it's like if a complete moron told you this, like if you're playing a chess game of chess with a moron, and you just like fucking mated them in four moves, and they're like, "Oh, you were a worthy opponent." Maybe you'll. T-. It's like it's so sick what he's saying, but he's so disappointing in actual practice. And I think he he just looks so cool and he sounds so cool. And I'm really happy to Scarsgard mm-hmm. guy's performance. It's just the writing. The writing is Saturday morning level, and the Thrawn's not a Saturday morning cartoon villain. God damn it! <laughs> the- See, this is why I said you had to get off the fuck of my lawn because Dave Filoni's turned him into f- fucking 
uh, Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget's yep. a goddamn moron, and he always beats Inspe- <laughs> d- d- Dr. Claw. So Dr. Claw must be a fucking moron, right? <laughs> yeah. That's drawn now. See, you should have got off the lawn, and now you ruined the flowers. <sighs> this is what I was worried about. This is what I was saying. Oh, you can trust Dave Filoni. He's made 73 seasons of the best goddamn cartoons I've ever seen. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Why doesn't he shoot the ship instead of the tower? Like, if he's thinking one step ahead, don't be so reactionary to shoot the tower that they're currently on. Shoot the ship that they could use to catch you as you get away. I you feel can detect like the ship because you do in this scene. You okay. detect the fucking ship. I want to tell. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Okay. And you got a droid piloting it, not not a Jedi. Do you know how we've we've remarked this that like anytime you've got a TV series or a movie and it's about people making music and they have to have a hit song, almost always that song is like kind of lame mm-hmm. because these Hollywood writers don't know how to write a hit song. So if you're writing a tactical Some, genius, yeah. Do you know what Hollywood writers have even less experience with any kind of tactics or strategy? And what I've like to me we are in the, the period of time like in the 70s and 80s where you had action stars firing machine guns from the hips blinking every single time the blanks went off and this like anyone with any actual experience in any of this stuff it says well this is stupid so what they do is they try they start hiring soldiers to do military consultants and they're getting like the mechanics down but i think the next evolution in like mind-blowing plotting is going to be like someone's going to get a retired lieutenant colonel from the army and be like, you're probably a Star Wars fan, right? You're an aging Gen Xer, just, just re- you're retiring from the army. You probably know about Star Wars. What would you do in this situation with this force and against this opposition? And I bet they'll come up with some cool ass shit. And it'll probably cost them a nickel compared to all this CGI shit. But until then, we're going to get what a Hollywood writer thinks is good mm-hmm. military t- tactics and strategy. And it's, it's dog shit. It's dog shit. Ask that general, how how would you react to the Holdo maneuver? And that general will say, well, you got to change everything about the universe because this fundamentally right. changes the nature of warfare in that universe. Right. So You're all telling the ships me would be, yeah. That for in 10,000 years of hyperspace, no one has thought to take a smaller vessel and ram it to a big vessel. Like, really? Right. Really? Wow. I think I think we us humans six seconds after we learn how to float a boat we rammed it into some other nation's boat like uh-huh. <laughs> come, come on come on there's got there's a lot there's a lot of retired colonels out there that will would love to consult on a Star Wars show uh the the witches in this scene. I feel like they don't like what Thrawn is doing in this. They, they He says rain hellfire down on this tower or this temple or whatever they've got. And they're like, uh, dude, that's our holy place. What the fuck are you? But they don't say anything. They just kind of let it go. But there's a look. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. It's like there is some uneasy alliance and I'm sure there's going to be some kind of betrayal. But I don't even know what the fuck they're doing. I don't know why. Right. I don't know why these people worship Thrawn. I don't know how they found them. I don't know why they're so intensely allied. And I feel like I should at this point. So it's like, okay. Yeah, I, I thought the same yeah, thing. Like, like you're the just potential end of this series. Site. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's almost. <laughs> I think it's almost certain we'll get a season two at some point down the line. But like, yeah, yeah. At the end of this series, theoretically, we should be knowing a lot more about this than we do. Uh, 
I would say stranding Ahsoka and Sabine here is the only thing I do like about this episode. Um, if you want to say there were consequences to be paid, I guess that's it. Man, but I'm almost Twitter, certain they're going to undo it in the future. Some guy on Twitter took exception to me because I was complaining about it. It's like, apparently she's not going to take any consequences. It's like, well, that's a Star Wars thing, dude. Like, how much consequences did Luke face when he defied Yoda and Obi-Wan and put the fate of the galaxy in danger? And I'm like, the dude lost his hand, found out his da- dad was Space Goebbels, mm-hmm. uh, Goebbels. His 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 master and uh, his both of his masters and mentors abandoned him. Said you get no more, and he called out to them, and they didn't come because they mm-hmm. said this is your shit. Your this is your shit, man. Uh, his best friend got frozen in carbonite. Like, yep. yeah, eventually he won, but that was a real fucking smack on the ass for Luke Skywalker with newspaper. Uh, Sabine got a clap on the shoulder and an attaboy from her master. Like, mm-hmm. she's not going to experience, like, n- n- like I said, Ezra sacrificed it, his it, life to stop Thrawn, and she single-handedly undid it. And he's, like, too happy and go-lucky out of a character to ever, like, have a problem with it. And it's just sad. Well, he doesn't know, too. That's the thing. It never came up in their conversation. Oh, she God, always averted yes. that, that topic. Here's the thing about Luke. Luke learned and changed from those experiences. Sabine has not done any diff, of that. He was a much different person. In Completely different at the beginning of Return. Yeah. So, it, it yeah, it, it's fundamentally different. It's fundamentally yeah. different the way that they treated Luke Skywalker versus Sabine. And it's like, yeah, it is something interesting that they've completely reversed positions that they're stranded. And like, and I also yeah, wonder, uh-huh. like, you know, has have they really thought this through? Because like, if there's going to be a rescue, I want to see them deal with that minefield. I want the I want the fleet to jump in yep. the middle of minefield and instantly take like ninety percent losses. Uh, but I bet they don't. I bet they just. Mm-hmm. I bet they just try real hard to triangulate the location of the galaxy and build a big hyperspace jump and just come and pick them up. Or They'll have the whales come and rescue them, even though why the why the fuck would the whales ever come back to this place to help the Jedi? I, I just and also yeah. I just don't care. Like, I, man, like the last the last few weeks we've been so engaged, and I thought like I was really looking for because like you know I've been talking a lot of shit about the yard stuff, but Ahsoka's been going pretty well, and I thought that there'd be really fun about like okay, well, how are they going to solve the you know the the Darth Swanson thing, you know, with the Ray, but like the death of their star is the least of their fucking problems, believe it or not. Like, we haven't yeah, even gotten the shameful to, part like, the... is It's all in service of setting up the next thing that they want to make money on. That's the shameful part of it, is yeah. they could have told a story here that had answers to some of the mysteries and opened new doors of mystery. And instead, just... they want to keep you on the hook for the next thing, for Filoni's movie, for the next season of Mandalorian, for whatever they're doing. Yeah, and it's just very like I I I think Filoni huffs his own farts because some of this stuff because I I remember like many times people would send in feedback about like you know explaining the way between worlds and they're like it's also about but almost everyone said like you know I don't I can't see Dave getting too far in the weeds with his force spirit wolves and his force god this and the dark side son and the light side sister and the father to main it's like that that just wouldn't work in live action motherfucker's doing it he's doing it he's mm-hmm. doing it so Seemingly, i I, yeah. I i guess it's it's gonna look goofy as hell we'll see i again 
I did not walk away from the Star Wars sequel experiment thinking the one problem is I just need I just need to I need to know how the Force works. I need to know that there's gods and goddesses ruling over the Force part of the galaxy. And uh... sure, I guess so. All right, uh, so can Spin go back to the Nodi, and Shin goes to the Bandits, and Balin surveys the land from a giant statue. I, I think it's a statue of himself. It looks remarkably like Balin. I know it's not. But it's that hilarious. is the father. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I, but he, he, he found the northern border of the Jedi kingdom of Gondor. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. Uh, apparently <laughs> he's going to try to throw the, the, the map artifact into the crack of Mount Doom next season. <laughs> I saw yeah, someone we'll on see. Reddit say, like, I don't understand why people are complaining about the red. Like, this is exciting. It's, it's just as exciting as Sam and Frodo heading off the Mordor. I'm like. I fucking knew what Sam and Frodo were trying to do and what the stakes were. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine the fellowship ending if you had no idea that they're on a mission to destroy the ring? And what or lies ahead? What the... the dangers they're going to face. Like, I know all of it. <laughs> yeah, man. That's the stakes. Yeah. That's the emotional investment. Here, it's nothing. I don't even yeah. know why he's here. Yeah. Do not neglect your training. We'll be right back. Let's see what knowledge lurks inside this podcast. Here's more Tribe of Two. Uh, can we talk about the Darth Grimes ending? What the fuck is up with her giving the fantastic Mr. Fox salute to these nomad people? She was promised her position in the Empire. Uh-huh, but Balin then said, I'm letting you go, and I don't know that Thrawn's going to honor that, and Morgan's a witch now. I, she can't know any of this, but, like, I, I, I don't mean, know. Why wouldn't she just go back to the ship? I don't I don't know either because she like, lost and she's worried that Thrawn's gonna punish her I don't I don't know but like I guess she's just happy to rule over these people I guess, <laughs> I guess. And they're gonna be happy to follow her I guess and, and yeah I don't know she'll have to pretend to be a witch speak to them in terms that they understand I guess yeah uh, then Thrawn arrives at Dathomir again we have no fucking idea why we don't know what the stakes are we are don't, these, ca- we are these coffins full of dark mothers are these coffins full of force repelling salamanders are these coffins full of just Thrawn's troops that have died that he plans to reanimate Who? I don't care I don't care I don't yeah. care because there's no way he's going to adapt the Aerith Empire in any way that's going to make me happy there's no oh, yeah, I, yeah. unless, unless yeah. they completely refactor shit in the next two years I don't have the faith. I don't have the faith. And then Ezra reports back to Hera. Kind of, I guess, steals one of Thrawn's Imperial shuttles and flies it back. I think to... it's actually Balin's shuttle. That was like the one that he that we started the series with. It's like really? Because it, it looks all shuttle. fucked up. It looks like it's been repaired like Thrawn's ships have. It, it had very distinctive red markings that I think were supposed to look like oh, a Jedi okay. counselor ship is what I, you know, because that was like the whole... But I. I I, I thought it was too, but someone look. pointed out on one of the the very lore accurate podcasts I listened to. They pointed out it was it was Balin shuttle, which made I guess a little sense that like. But I'm also thinking like I I don't know. I guess I believe in Star Wars and the heat of battle. You can throw on a stormtrooper suit and steal a shuttle and get out of the get out of the get out of Thrawn's sure. spit and polish uh, by the book Star Destroyer. I guess I maybe guess. That's, here's what I don't understand. After Ezra, he gets it, e- Ezra spins 
I don't know, Dude. a week? A week in hyperspace? With his helmet on. He comes down this ramp with his fucking helmet on. He puts his hands Nodding up in the air vigorously. so they don't shoot him with his helmet on. He apparently never communicated with the ship to say, hey, don't shoot my Imperial shuttle that's incoming because I'm Ezra Bridger and I'm on it and I want to speak to Hera, my good friend. He fucking surprises them in an Imperial costume. <laughs> that's the worst prank. That, that, has, that prank nine out of ten times results in death. Dude, I would, yeah, I, uh, and for why? We knew it was Ezra. Uh-huh. Hera didn't know it was Ezra. But the thing about Hera not knowing it's Ezra is so you can pay off the friendship and the delight and the joy that her friend, like all the shit that's happened, at least I got a reunion. And but they don't. Mary Elizabeth Weinstead just sits there like, Ezra? Ezra? Like he's a mildly famous guy from the rebellion and she's happy to have him back. Which, I mean, that's what I got from it. Uh, maybe the Rebels fans got a lot more. Maybe they have that kind of understated relationship. But, like, you, you wasted 30 seconds letting, you know, Chopper do the uh, the Lassie routine of being able to smell the, the Ezra-ness of him when you could have been spending that with, you know, a throne room celebration type scene where everyone's just jubilant that, like, Ezra's back. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I don't know. It, it was weird. Uh, and then we go back to the Nodi camp where Ahsoka congratulates Sabine on a job well done. Uh, <laughs> you did for it, some kid. reason. You did it. Like at the beginning of the episode, there was still the possibility they could stop Thrawn. And that's where I was holding on some thin hope that there would be some con- like the, the prepares for yeah. next season that Ahsoka as the master would be like, there's going to be consequences and I still love you, but there's going to be a world of shit to deal with. Uh, and then we can't do anything about it. Um, but but no. Yeah. And then Anakin's back there going, Yes, well done. You know what's so my funny? Because I, I listened to a lot of podcasts and and I, I think it was the Midnight Boys, maybe it was another one, pointed out it's like if Anakin's hanging out watching his masters and his family or his old apprentices and everything. So it's canon that Snoke seduced uh Kylo Ren by kind of whispering to the force, pretending to be his grandfather, oh, Anakin Jesus. Skywalker. <laughs> Why uh-huh. didn't Anakin ever show up and be like, "Yo, grandson, don't listen to the Gat guy. He's fucking crazy. I redeemed my damn self. I threw this guy down a fucking well." Like, I, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> it's beshitting the existing canon. It was already pretty beshitted. So I, I thought that was a pretty yeah. funny. The fact that Anakin's just chilling out, and eh, they'll figure it out. Yeah, it's yeah. I'll buck up Ahsoka when she needs it, but my grandson, fuck him. <laughs> what were the shadows in the starlight? Am I supposed to understand what she's seeing she, here? So Sabine is force strong enough to push a dude into low Earth orbit, but she's not force sensitive enough to see a force ghost, which I don't require. Think requires you to be very force sensitive at all. That's her, like, half-sensing Anakin? Yes. Whatever that means. Huh. So, I'm assuming Anakin didn't want to be seen. Because, like I said, (laughs) Obi-Wan can just whisper in Luke's ear in a cockpit. Like, when he's, like, three seconds into his Jedi career, he can appear to him in a frozen Mm -hmm. tundra when he's six minutes into his Jedi career. He can pop a squad on a log when he's six months into his Jedi career. Just any old force sensitivity and training level at all but Sabine 
just straining her eyes to see what and I think you're supposed to understand that Ahsoka actually sees Anakin and yeah, like that's be. Ahsoka's proof that Sabine's getting somewhere with this Jedi stuff but I mean, you should have seen your girl uh, when she was 50 minutes ago I mean eh. look the the unquestionably unquestioningly uh, easygoing master looking at the now unquestioningly easygoing master approvingly does not in my mind make it better that this decision was made yeah on Sabine's part like I <laughs> it, it doesn't it doesn't help that Anakin who you know Ahsoka is saying yeah he always stuck by me he never questioned me he always like just like I'm gonna do with you it doesn't it doesn't help it man but I don't know I mean there is <laughs> yeah I, I don't like the way it turned out um, they did tell at, at least they told Ahsoka's story at the very least because I was worried halfway through that they were going to pull a, a Mandalorian season 2 where half of it or, or sorry a book of Boba Fett where half of it was Mandalorian season 2.5 mm. I was worried this was going to be a Sabine only story at some point mm. and I think they brought it back around to okay this is an Ahsoka story even if I don't care for how it turned out yeah I, I don't have like a huge like I, I wouldn't I'd honestly wouldn't have cared if they cut away from the book of Boba to do Mando for an episode or two if the rest of book of Boba was fine like if, 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 if things work they work it's just that none of this stuff is working and like I'm I'm scared man like I I cannot believe that we are with the Star Wars franchise where I felt like we were with the Walking Dead franchise like in the sixth season yeah now like they're you, you can say what and then I, I said the same thing like AMC's making way too much money on this to like skimp on the the writing and the, the budget and I, I don't know what the problem is but like that times 10 times a million honestly for Disney mm-hmm. and like I just don't know why we don't demand better I really don't I I I I, I well, Disney used but I don't to be know. There's people quality. of all ages. I mean, there's people of all ages. There's also this phenomenon that, like, someone wrote about um, this week about you. A lot of times, will see people who are not movie fans. They say they're movie fans, but they really only watch Marvel shit and maybe DC shit. And they have this wildly wow. different experience with entertainment than the rest of us do, who are watching like, every, you know, like they, they got a full like it's like the the good Marvel stuff is really really good, but like. If you have a, no other reference, if you're like 20 years old and all you've watched is like Marvel and Star Wars stuff and you've never engaged in anything deeper, then like why wouldn't you think that like, well, why are these guys complaining? Like it's got the it's got the best special effects I've ever seen. It's got all these cool force powers and it's got zombie stormtroopers and it's just like you have it's like it's like the it's like the 30 year old guy who's eating corn dogs and tater tots. Like there's nothing wrong with corn dog and tater tots. I love corn dog and tater tots. But but Jesus Christ, have a steak. Try a steak. Try try some some you know steamed broccoli. Try try some Korean food. Some Korean like tr- try a try try a food truck taco. You, you challenge your taste buds a little bit, and then like you won't just want to eat corn dogs and tater tots the whole time. And I, I think that's a I honestly think that's a big part of the pro Star Wars community is the people who just kind of don't know better. They're either kids or they have like that kind of palate. And you know, it's, you know, you're not a bad human being, um, but you are my enemy when it comes to enjoying good Star Wars. Sure, we're not on the same. We don't but, want the same things. We're on the same side. So, 
Yeah, but I don't like, watch it's of... television to see cool things happen. I watch television to invest in characters and emotionally put myself in their place. And when yeah. things don't make sense, it's impossible for me to do that. Yeah. Well, it's like I, I reminded of what the um, uh, they, that that one dude said in the Creator we just watched last week. It's like you know, there's this two factional war, and one is like, do you know what happened to the other side? If we won tomorrow. Nothing. Because we just want to be, we we just want to enjoy this thing in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, yet the other side, if they win, they're going to destroy us. I feel like that about this uncritical Star Wars fans. It's like if we get mm-hmm. our way, you will still love Star Wars. I promise you. I promise you. Those Funko Pops will yeah. t- look just as cool on your, uh, uh, your 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 shelves. But the rest of us will not survive in this Star Wars environment. And there's not enough of you to keep a multi billion dollar concern going. Like, well, it and should that's the, give everyone a pause problem. that Disney has essentially canceled all their Star Wars projects. Like, they're not going to, I mean, they're, and, and they're not going to do that too many more times before this Star Wars just gets put on the shelf for a while. And I, you know, I lived through that era. I'll live through it again. Like, I, there's like a 15-year stretch of my life where, like, a Star Wars video game was a major event. Um, we might head back to that. And maybe that's for the best. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Disney, like I was saying, Disney used to be known for quality. And they didn't pump out six movies a year. They pumped out yeah. one movie a year. If you were lucky, you'd get a Lion King and then maybe the next you'd get an Aladdin. And like every one of those was as good or better than the last. And now everyone, and I'm not laying this at Disney's feet necessarily, but everyone in the yeah. current television and media environment is forced to create quantity over quality because it's this huge uh this this huge fight pile trying to get all of the eyeballs and if you don't have something for those eyeballs to consume at every single turn they're going to wander and that is all that companies care about now it's not about quality if they can get quality and produce the quantity they need great but they are looking for quantity yeah, I'm glad that we don't have a board of directors and a thousand shareholders that are demanding us to do twice as many podcasts every year with the same yeah. amount of budget and personnel. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. Or, or even yeah, it's just eventually, yeah. There's just there's just, you're just pumped the well dry, and uh, and and the thing is, is like the shame is like maybe Star Wars could. I think if they did everything right. You know, like we should be right now and like if, if they had done it like the Marvel way, we'd be right now, right, right in the thick of the Avengers part of the Star Wars storyline. Imagine that. Sure. Imagine we had a sequel trilogy where like 90 percent of Star Wars fans were engaged by it and thought it was satisfying. And then we want to know what's next with with, you know, we got a whole generation of Star Wars fans with Finn and Kylo Ren and Ray and just like no that that failed and it's like okay well we're gonna do this other thing and then that failed and it's like okay now we're gonna do this uh, they are just burning through people's time and attention and and, and emotional mm-hmm. engagement when we should be getting our we should be building up to our end game on the star wars side and they just shit to bed every single time they come up the one cannot lay down their head on a pillow without shit in that bed uh <laughs> yeah man and it's because it's because they have to keep doing it if they stop doing it for a second somebody else is going to come in there and eat their lunch all right do we want to get some feedback because like we're already we we are going to come back for one more round of getting off our yard next week to wrap things up because i can already tell we're not going to get be able to get through the stuff we got today um 
But uh, if you'd like to send us feedback, Star Wars at BaldMove.com is how you do it. Here we go. Chris DeC is up saying, here's how they saw the untimely death of Ray Stevenson's Darth Swanson. Just have Nick Offerman play him going forward. You would never even know. Uh, <laughs> I actually unironically think this is not a terror. This is not. This is a joke idea, but it's kind of mm. not a joke idea because the secret is Nick Offerman's a really fucking good actor. He's a great. Actor, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I. I think he could do every bit of the Balon except for the accent. <laughs> but I think Nick Offerman on his try. A game could do. I could do most of what he's doing here. So that's uh, yeah, that's another, not a bad idea. Another joke suggestion I I saw that I love is get Jonathan Frakes to do it. He's got the same physical presence, though. It's, you know, he's a little bit funnier. He's a little bit sillier, but like, you know, yeah. just tell him, look, Frakes, get in the suit and mm-hmm. just like be be you on like your worst day. Like you're not in the mood to joke. You're not having fun with anything. That's you now. And he would nail it. Uh, We asked people for an Ahsoka timeline to better understand your character, and several people responded. I thought this was one of the more concise uh, and insightful ones, and and the the earlier ones. George said, Ahsoka never officially finishes her training at the Jedi Temple with Anakin. She's very close, had an incredible amount of experience from the war, but she was framed for a crime by another Padawan, who eventually exposed and was arrested, clearing Ahsoka, but she left the Order feeling betrayed. She returned to Anakin literally right before the revenge of the Sith, not to rejoin the Order, but to ask for aid from the Jedi to fight Maul on Mandalore, and is at the Siege of Mandalore during the events of that movie. The Jedi, She's on her way the, back. The, hold, hold on. The Jedi couldn't, like, look into her mind and sense her emotions and understand that she didn't do it? How do you frame a Jedi? That's a damn good question. Search your feelings. You know it uh-huh. to be true. The whole Jedi Order, maybe Palpatine was manipulating dark side stuff. Who knows? Okay. And plus, yeah. it's a this is it's a cartoon. She's framed um, by a Padawan, though, not a dark Sith master. But whatever, whatever. Uh, she's on her way back after capturing Maul when Order sixty six pops off, and she releases Maul to create a distraction while she removes Captain Rex inhibitor chip, and they all escape uh, after fighting the clones. She then reappears in Rebel season two as Fulcrum. I guess it's a hidden identity. And she actually has a duel with Darth Vader, discovering his identity as Anakin in the process. So she doesn't even know post-Order 66 until season two wow, of Rebels that Vader. Anakin is Vader. And I also, from other emails, I gathered that very few people in the galaxy know this. Um, Thrawn is one of the few that, that suspect sense. it. I, I forget for, for there's some book series that explores that. Um, but like that's why he's kind of knowing like even though he shouldn't be in a position to um that's kind of where he he kind of had all that goading he was doing of Ahsoka this episode um let's see we assume she was killed until then season 4 of rebels where Ezra rescues rescues her from her fate and the world between worlds uh Ezra and Ahsoka both escape the world between worlds and she reappears in the epilogue of rebels all while uh, in all white outfit start staring at Sabine in front of the mural of Lothal this then brings us to live action appearances in the Mandalorian Book of Boba Fett and Ahsoka. In short, Ahsoka's never officially knighted as a Jedi anytime uh, on screen has never been said she was. So she's not a Jedi. Uh, she never became a knight, much less a master. Um, That's fine. And, I call all light side force users Jedi. Yeah, and she, she tries to... She apparently tried to train Sabine, but thought she was going to be a Jedi for revenge instead of for the quote-unquote right reason. So that, that all tracks, makes sense. 
Uh, Mike says, I think you guys are in for a rude awakening with Sabine's fate. I can definitely see a future with little or no real lasting consequences for her. And I think it's a shame that this may ruin the show or Star Wars in general for you. Uh, Sabine's a new character for you and you have no attachment to her. But there are millions of fans out there and more importantly, Dave Filoni himself, who have an incredibly strong attachment to her. And I do not see him as the type of creator like George Martin to take the headsman's axe to a beloved character. Personally, I'm fine with this. My enjoyment of Star Wars mm. may be a bit juve- more juvenile than yours, but it does not hinge on whether there are real-life consequences represented in the show. Again, Mike, that's fine, but that's a hard no for me, dog. Uh, All the better. All the better. Fuck with their emotions. No one's saying that you have to kill Sabine. Mm-hmm. I think her like being very challenged by the dark side or having a lot of adversity and having a lot of per- for for fucking up this bad and doing something this selfish like even from a Jedi perspective this is not this is not this is not the Jedi way man and there should be a price to that and if you want to watch the Saturday morning cartoons more power to you but I I don't I don't um, Brian, I'm not down with the argument that Sabine needs to pay some kind of cost for the choice she made. If she destroys the map in the position she was in, she'd have been murdered in the ensuing seconds. One may argue that it's morally responsible to sacrifice herself if it means preventing the suffering of millions. But this is where I just fundamentally don't agree. It's a reasonable conclusion. Do you, they want us to believe that Thrawn returning is an existential threat when my understanding is that canonically Thrawn was bested by a teenager doing a mind meld with space whales? I mean, that's the incarnation of Thrawn that we're dealing with, right? The Emperor is dead. Thrawn doesn't have the galactic infrastructure or the ability to shoot finger lightning. What are we so afraid of? Especially if I'm Sabine and have been working against the system all my life, and now I have the power structure of the Republic on my side. Am I crazy? Didn't Thrawn already fail time and time again with the Emperor and his fleet at his back? Now that the Emperor and all the levers of power have gone, I'm supposed to just give up my life and the chance to save a, rest, a treasured friend just to stop him from being in the galaxy when presumably we have the overwhelming advantage? How do you judge the... Because I can kind of see what they're saying here, that if Thrawn didn't beat the galaxy when he had all these possible advantages, why are we so afraid to go? But to me, that's just another failure of storytelling. Because... I'm fearful of Thrawn coming back from what I remember of the character. Um, but it seems like in Rebels and Clone Wars, they just kind of like warfed him into the ground. And like, he's kind of huh. like, to, you shouldn't, I, what I'm saying, I guess, Brian, is you shouldn't feel like this. You should feel like the show is telling you that Thrawn is an existential threat and it's a beans doing, and you're taking like what the show's actually showing you and be like, well, that doesn't make sense. So. But that's, I mean, they're either doing a bad job of telling a good story or they're doing a good job of telling a bad story. And I can't see, (laughs) I can't see either way. Yeah, it's, so the impression I've gotten not having watched Rebels is that it wasn't just like a teenager on a whim deciding one day to go best Thrawn and it happening. It was the combined efforts of the entire rebellion plus a fucking Hail Mary by a powerful Jedi that didn't even kill him, didn't destroy him, just kind of took him off the map for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. And it cost them dearly. Um, And now you have a new uh, Republic that's trying to get off the ground and is in its own form of chaos. I mean, yeah, the rebellion probably was weaker overall, but there's a lot of opportunity here for Imperial loyalists 
to sabotage everything that's going on with the New Republic. And if you have a master tactician come back and kind of spearhead that entire effort, he's going to be way more effective at that than you would just having these disparate sort of, you know, the, the, the Imperial diaspora out there doing their thing, right? Yeah, and we saw, like, uh, didn't we see Admiral Paleon? Was that in Mando or Andor? Where, like, you're, like, yes, the, the the Imperial Remnant is a threat, and the New Republic are too blind to it, but also they're squabbling, and they're just about personal acquisition of power and holding on to their prestige, and you get the idea uh-huh. that, like, there is resource and infrastructure. They've been telling that story. I think the best that they've, of all those threads that they're doing, that's the one they're selling the most yeah. consistently, that they're just waiting for a great man to step out yeah. of shadows and lead them. And that's what this is. Yeah, but, they're waiting for their Mon Mothma to step up and lead the rebellion, right? Like, the, yeah. the, if you believe that yeah. the rebellion could take out the empire, then why don't you believe that a remnant of the empire could take out the new republic that's in With chaos? Effective leadership and, yeah, and, and yeah. belief and... Uh, Jeff says, given that Filoni is picking heavily from the heir to the Empire stuff, I wonder, after hearing you mention Ezra and Sabine seem like siblings, if he's just saying fuck it and putting a direct adaptation of the original Thrawn trilogy with the one-to-one character replacements rather than recasting the major players. Now that Thrawn has been introduced, plus Paleon from Mando, I guess it was Mando, we have a squint you can see it Saturday morning cartoon version of... Han is Mando, Luke is Ezra, Leia Sabine, 3PO's Hyang, R2's Chopper, Obi-Wan's Ahsoka, Lando's Grief Karga. <laughs> what? Because he's okay. black? Uh-huh, what? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Mary, J- what? Uh, Mary J. Darth Grimes, Joris Kaboth, Saboth, uh, Darth Stevenson. Borsk Phalea is the annoying Imperial dude in the Senate. They find a way to make Zeb's CGI reasonably affordable. You've even got a Chewbacca based off his originally original Ralph McQuarrie concept art. I can't decide if I'm slightly excited or marginally horrified. I guess both. I'm horrified because, like, if this... Okay, if you just sent me this and this finale was successful, I would have been excited because I'm like, I can actually see that. I can actually see you just doing Heir to the Empire with a couple of chairs rearranged. I have zero faith that he can pull off an heir to the empire. Like in yeah, the prologue to the heir to the empire, beat for beat. and and he because because in the prologue to the heir to the empire, he's made Thrawn look out like an incompetent and like a delusional one at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jameis from the Isle of Man says, "You have mentioned that you feel the Disney approach to Star Wars is a bit of a confused mess and a more rigid three track approach for kiddies, young adults, and adults, longtime fans." would make it more enjoyable for all involved. I entirely agree with this comment, and indeed it appears another arm of Disney does too. You may be aware of this, but the High Republic Media Project is very specifically divided between these two age designations. I looked it up, and this is really interesting. This is an initiative that Disney came out with in late 2021 that's like a multimedia. It's a lot of novels. It's a lot of, I think, comic books and like uh, web animations and Star stuff. Wars universe. It's set in the High Republic, which is 200 years before the Clone Wars. Okay. So it's like the it's the Jedi at the height before Palpatine, before all the Plagueis bullshit. Mm-hmm. And like, yes, and maybe this is a like a skunk work. Like in case of emergency, pull ripcord on this in case the Filoni Favreau stuff doesn't work. But like, yeah, that that's I'm glad they're experienced because to me that's the obvious thing. That's the way you make every, it's the only way you can make everyone happy. The only mm-hmm. way. Um, 
Let's see. Caleb says, what does Star Wars have against recasting? Why do we need to de-age everyone? Am I out of line here and think it's okay to recast Mark, Carrie, or Ray? What are the rules around this? No, I think that's what they need. To, if they're going to continue to fuck around in the Skywalker era, they need to recast Luke and Leia. And eventually, yeah, Ray, Darth Swanson. They have to. Like, yeah, it, it'll I, work. I, I think it's almost a given they will cast uh, somebody else in Balin's role. Because they're clearly doing more with him. This is not the end of his yeah. story, obviously. And it's an important part, it seems. So, yeah, they got to recast And there's him. a long tradition of Sith Lords wearing shit on their face to obscure their identity. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Like, they And then they becoming could do Force that. ghosts that don't even look like the person right. they are. So, yeah. So, they could do that. I mean, that's that's a way they could go down. And I, 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 I would vastly prefer them. Like, if you can recast Batman, if you can recast Spider-Man, if you can recast James Kirk... You can recast Luke Skywalker, I promise you, and it'll be mm-hmm. better. It'll be better. Um, Casey says, "I have a question for you. What? How does Ahsoka even have a Padawan if she's never finished her training?" Eh, Padawan in name. Yeah, it's like if like if the U.S. government uh, outlawed doctors tomorrow and shut down all the medical schools, <laughs> which might not yeah. be too far fetched. Uh, I could still see doctors feeling like they have a call to do medicine and they might induct young uh, um, interns and residents and call them that even though there are no more medical schools like it's like they're still trying to to keep what they can alive and it's probably going to be shittier and it's not going to be as good as having a, a, a governing body over it but like that's the way it's like but you wouldn't be like those post apocalyptic doctors are not real doctors like they're yeah, it's a fair We're, question. It's technically true, but like, yeah, eh, she thinks of her as a Padawan. I'm okay with that. That, but that's where Darth Swanson's getting with his Boken Jedi. Like, he's d- dismissive of like, well, they didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, he's he's like, they don't have a medical degree on their wall. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Christine says Balin was standing at the statue of the father, which is next to the statue of the son. Interestingly, the daughter is not next to them, and then Ahsoka finally saw her Maori owl. I think the light in the distance might be Abeloth, the mother who is in Legends, a mortal who filled the role of the mother with the three Mortis gods. But then she drank from a special fountain that was not meant for mortals in order to gain power, and it corrupted her into the being of destruction and chaos. She had to be banished and locked away by the daughter and the son, both of whom died in the Clone Wars, except for the daughter's life force transferred into Ahsoka to resurrect her. What the fuck? Oh, boy. What the? Get all of this off of my yard. get, Get out of here. Pat, I, I don't even want you on the sidewalk. I know it's technically legal. I have to allow you to ease, but get the f- call the cops. Make them. Make, uh, you're going to have to make me. Get, uh, this is why we have loitering laws. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm going to start blasting classical music to, to, to drive them <laughs> off of my lawn and, and, and having fluorescent, uh, f- fluorescent lights to make everybody's skin look bad. I just can't have this. I can't have this, Jim. This was not edited by you. me. This this was get just an email sent to me. What am I supposed? What? There are no gods in Star Wars. Get them out of here. The force binds. The force is just a natural thing that binds everyone. It's not caused by gods and shit. I don't want this Marvel stuff in here. Fuck it. Well, Fantasy Han said he'll see you to hell, which means the Christian God exists in Star Wars. Obviously, deal with it. Obviously. Uh, Chad says, so at the start of the series, I had what I thought was a comfortable front seat on your lawn, and turns out I was trespassing mid-season when you oh, came no. out swinging and kicked those of us off your lawn for just looking just looking for a good time. 
I took a big shit in the corner and just got off it. <laughs> but now I'm back with a big six pack of Stella, a bag full of edibles, and yes, I'll clean up my shit. Uh, God damn it, Aaron, you were right. The hold on, the hold on maneuver was visually cool, but ultimately a stupid cannon breaking stunt. I see that I'm hurting the quality of the franchise by tuning in for every series and movie. From now on, I'll be a little more critical of what Star Wars content I choose to throw my heart and dollars at. Welcome to the lawn, brother. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the lawn. Please Here, don't have shit on anymore. But but yeah, pop up a lawn a lawn chair. You're you're good. You're you're good. Uh, Meg says, Aaron, your prediction about the undermining of Ezra's rebel sacrifice was 100% right. Ezra removed the great galactic threat of Thrawn just to waltz up to Hera with a new haircut, mind you. A sideways grin, seemingly fine with releasing Thrawn and his undead army on the galaxy. I needed more conflict. Sabine needs to face some consequences for her selfish, foolhardy behavior. She hasn't even had to face consequences for the people closest to her. Yep. I... I maybe he's playing the long game and showing how destructive enabling behavior is from the people who love you mm, yeah and how that goes down a bad way but i doubt it <laughs> i doubt it mm-hmm. uh final email uh for this week again i we're, we're i'm sure we'll have more next week double t from melbourne says really like the finale apart from the witchy magic the Force should be the only supernatural power in Star Wars with different cultures and customs surrounding it. To paraphrase Han, creating zombies and swords out of thin air is not how the Force works. Now that the season's finished, what's your opinion on Filoni? He was the second banana to Favreau in the Mando shows, so this is the first look we've had of him as lead show uh, writer and showrunner. What do you think of him as a potential creative heir to the Empire? Mm-hmm. I, think he, I think you know the answer to that at this point. Uh... But the the reason I want to read his emails, he says, finally, you wouldn't remember it, but I uh, wrapped a show called Andor as a Star Wars show to watch out for a full year before it came out in the Mandalorian feedback. If I had a reputation, which I don't, I'm sticking it on the line again to put the Acolyte on your radar. Like Andor, it's been made completely outside the Favreau, Filoni-verse, and that team, like Andor, is made by an acclaimed non-Star Wars voice, Leslie Headland, who created Russian Doll, among other things. Description, hmm. set 100 years before The Phantom Menace, The Acolyte is a mystery thriller that will take us into the high republic, wait, take us into the galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the high republic era. Essentially, a couple of Jedi go down a dark investigative path to discover the possible reemergence of the Sith. We're told to expect a more adult tone and it stars Amanda Steinberg, who played Wolverine's clone slash daughter in Logan, and it's out next year. High Republic, the new Disney adult track, acclaimed pedigree. This, I, I guess I'd have to give this a shot, right? I will say unto you the same thing I said about Andor. I'll wait for the reviews. <laughs> so he's going to, so what happened? That would translate this into bald move speak. Mm-hmm. Three or four episodes will go by, and I'll either get an undeniable din from my feedback. Or I'll get a couple of fucking cartoon watchers saying it's the best Star Wars ever, which I'll dismiss. Mm-hmm. But if I get the undeniable drumbeat of this is good Star Wars, I will watch it. If I get to three or four episodes and I think it's good, then I'll bully Jim into watching it. And that's how mm-hmm. we do things. That's how we cover all the Star Wars here on Bald Move. And that's so what, how that's we keep the I... lawn. That's how we keep the lawn not be shitted. That's how I have to treat this, man. I have to be skeptical of everything coming out of this factory because I've seen the product and they've had one hit 
and then they've shit it up again. I need to I need to know more before like a cool premise and some good people behind the scenes. Yeah, that's exciting. But I'm not gonna jump in day one on any of this shit. And it is people exciting are saying the same about Obi Wan. Like, hey, this could be awesome. It, it's yeah, it a different been. crew. It's it's it has nothing to do with Filoni and Favreau. Yeah, and it fucking sucked. It's not a guarantee yeah. that just because you get out of that wheelhouse, you're not gonna suck. But it would be cool if the High Republic era got got off to a good live action start. So I'll, I'll keep sure. an eye For on sure. it. I always keep my ear to the ground. We'll see what happens. Um, Star Wars at BaldMove.com. If you got more thoughts about this season that we need to talk about, uh, please send it there. Uh, we'll have. I mean, I assume we'll have a wrap up. I mean, maybe no one will have anything else to say. There will be no more defensive the holdo maneuver. Everyone just got off our yard. I don't know, but uh, I'm expecting there will be lots more to talk about. Star Wars at BaldMove.com. If you'd like to support us, if you if you like to be a yard guardian going forward, uh, we could appreciate we would appreciate your support. Support.baldmove.com. Ad free feeds, tons more bonus audio and video content. Whoo! Made it through another season of Star Wars. Uh, if you want to follow us along on our other journeys, we're starting up Loki this week. Um, that was one of the good Disney Plus Marvel projects. Uh, mm-hmm. Check out our social medias everywhere at baldmove.com, except for TikTok. We're at Baldest Move there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate everybody who is respectful with the yard, uh, who embraced the yard concept. I hope we can be a beacon of positive Star Wars criticism going forward, as long as the property is worth criticizing. Uh, we'll see you on the next Star Wars thing or next week for the Ahsoka wrap-up. Until next time, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. May the Force be your companion always. Always.